This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Kyle Anderson, a Vice President of Finance and ASC at Orthopedics Rhode Island. Kyle, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, Laura, thank you. It's great to be here, and I look forward to our discussion. I know it's going to be a great one, and, and certainly a lot of things happening in the healthcare space, and particularly fast-moving orthopedics and ASCs, and so I'm excited to, to learn more from your perspective and what you're seeing out there. But before we do that, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, great. So um, currently work for Orthopedics Rhode Island. I serve as the Vice President of Finance and ASC. Um, Ortho Rhode Island is based out of Warwick, Rhode Island. We're a musculoskeletal private practice. Um, Currently, we have six offices uh, across the state. Our flagship campus is about two years old. It's a 66,000 square foot uh, medical office, which includes a 20,000 square foot single specialty uh, ASC. The ASC itself has uh, eight ORs, two procedure rooms, um, and runs the gamut of, uh, of adult orthopedic surgery. Um, prior to my current role uh, at Ortho Rhode Island, um, I oversaw the consolidation development and, and growth initiatives of Ortho Rhode Island's uh, ancillary services, um, but now I'll spend the greatest portion of my time in focusing on strategic direction of uh, practice and business operations, financial performance, um, and of course, the surgery center. That's great to hear it. And definitely, you know, a lot of responsibilities and a lot to be accountable for there. So given your role, what are some of the big headwinds that you're planning on for this year? What are you really seeing ahead in what are you looking out for? Yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's a good question. I would imagine that most folks are uh, focusing on the same thing, which is sort of evaluating and trying to understand the ongoing and uh, the forthcoming economic environment, uh, certainly that we all experience. When we think about how should we sustain and how do we accelerate growth strategies given the rising cost of capital, uh, supply costs, labor costs, labor shortages, you know, how are we rearranging our strategic approach. Um, thankfully, in our market, we have seen some improvement in in talent recruitment over the past maybe six to nine months or so. But um, for groups like ours and, and others who are targeting aggressive expansion, uh, whether or not it's service lines or ambulatory surgery or real estate or otherwise, um, you know, the economic environment uh, is more challenging to navigate and you know, something we're keeping a close eye on. Absolutely. I can imagine, you know, for most organizations and in particular small businesses like orthopedic practices and surgery centers, uh, having a, a um, being able to strategize around such an uncertain time in healthcare in the economy as well um, presents a lot of challenges. When you look at the next year in particular, how do you really um, have those conversations with other leaders of the organization um, and really set them up to make the best possible decisions on, on where you're going to be 
focus on in the next year investing and otherwise? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's really a focus and and being methodical about knowing where you are and knowing where you came from, um, understanding uh, the cost drivers, understanding um, you know the business dynamics of both yourself, but also your market and and sort of the the payer dynamics nationally. Um, you know, understanding the implications and changes of CMS. You know, we we've. Uh, received some positive news there with the final rule and also some some not so positive news. So sort of really keeping your eye on the ball to be able to uh, adjust your strategy as things come to you is is critical. And bringing in the the decision makers and the other players uh, that will help you to be successful uh, as you establish a strategy is is critical. I love that. And thank you so much for going through it. Now, uh, you know, I'm wondering too, when you think a uh, uh, look ahead, how do you see spine and orthopedics, that, that field evolving over the next two to three years? Um, what's really top of mind in your discussions and where do you see orthopedics and spine headed? Yeah, so in, in looking at the orthopedic landscape, uh, you know, it's hard not to pay close attention and to be excited about the continued trends we're seeing in uh, ambulatory surgery, you know, specifically the, the ASC space. Um, you know, so much value uh, can be created for such a, a large number of stakeholders in the, the ASC ecosystem. And so what we'll see in the next two to three years is, you know, some highly intelligent, highly motivated groups of innovators continuing to solve the ASC specific challenges and, and continue to provide value. And in orthopedics specifically, a huge driver of that ASC value proposition is, you know, both volume, which is sort of the traditional mentality, but also case migrations, case migration like spine and like arthroplasty, um, you know, are tremendous opportunities and things to, to continue to keep an eye on as we watch the world change around us a little bit. And, uh, you know, the approach to uh, outpatient surgery we would look to avoid taking the same equipment and the same technologies and techniques from the hospital and placing them into the ASC, um, you know, where really what we need to do is focus. And, and what I would expect to see is, um, you know, have these innovations in the future focus on cost efficiency and, and physical footprint for things that, you know, will go into uh, and support the specific needs of a smaller center. And those types of evolutions and technologies are frankly exciting because it will allow more people to enter the space. It will allow uh, new builds and um, current center expansions uh, that will amplify access to care and, and frankly, you know, lower cost care, which is beneficial to, to all of the consumers. I love that. And definitely top of mind for a lot of physicians and especially orthopedic surgeons as they're trying to think through, you know, what's really going to be beneficial for patients as well as their own practices. And you got at the end talked and touched a little bit on where healthcare is headed in the value-based realm. And it seems like there's potentially a lot of opportunities there um, for ASCs and especially with those um, procedures like total joints and spine. But um, I can imagine it takes a lot to, to get there as well and really do some of the value-based contracts and value-based care well. Is that something that you have your eye on or, or what really um, do you see kind of more holistically as an opportunity for growth and development in the future? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it, Laura, in that 
everyone has to be paying attention to that. You know, there's an element that influences uh, the payer dynamics, but, um, you know, direct to employer dynamics. It's just in general, uh, the costs of, of healthcare for our nation are, are so significant that if there's an opportunity for value to be realized, you know, it, it's important that everyone shares in that. You know, when we think about uh, growth in general um, and, and how do we grow <clears throat> specifically orthopedics to be able to provide care to a larger number of patients, it's important to, to sort of recognize and, and think about the patient uh, as a customer to, to healthcare, which is a little bit of a sort of, I think, a paradigm shift for some. You know, the needs of the patient are changing. Uh, the expectations of the patients have changed. Uh, you know, in my opinion, that was largely accelerated by COVID, um, you know, and, and they really have become the customer, customer and, you know, truly are highly educated consumers of, of healthcare. And so, um, you know, practices and, and providers who are looking into the future and, um, you know, trying to project their, their sort of growth strategies and how can we accommodate and, and be able to help more people it's important that that strategy remains rooted in patient experience. Um, you know, and that can take several different forms. It may be facility design, it may be in-office engagement, it may be virtual or remote engagement and patient tools. Um, you know, but what, what we do know for sure is that the patients who are active participants uh, in their own journey, uh, not only will have better outcomes, um, but become, advocates and ambassadors for the practice and the provider. Um, and so when we're thinking about service line growth or market share strategy, um, you know, or any type of expansion, when we're looking into the future of healthcare, uh, the patient experience is really a critical piece of that and uh, certainly something that we're focusing on every day. That's fascinating to hear. And certainly it seems like a really, uh, some, to some degree, a paradigm shift in, in how you're thinking about connecting with patients um, on a broader scale and really being able to um, move forward and, and grow and develop as a practice. I, I think that's definitely a great insight and something to look out for in the future. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really a fun and interesting discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Appreciate it, Laura. We'll talk soon. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.